For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, good evening. Good evening. We are live on the Believe in Monsters podcast, live on a Tuesday night. What is it? April the 12th. Uh, and we are uh, out here ready to get get, get talking about some Bears offseason. Welcome into the Believe in Monsters podcast. We're all hanging out with you guys, ready to chop it up, talk some Bears tonight, talk about some of the free agent signings, ponder what we're going to do with the 39th overall pick, try to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles and kind of pontificate and, and uh, get, get creative about what the next six months for the Chicago Bears are going to look like. And we appreciate you guys for joining us on the Believe in Monsters podcast. You can find us live tonight on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Big thanks to Chris Krogman for hooking us up on the YouTube machine and making sure we're live on the correct sites. Give us a follow at uh, BIM underscore pod on the Twitter machine. I think we're Believe in Monsters on Facebook and Believe in Monsters as well on the YouTube page. Follow, follow my friend Chris Krogman at Shy Bears 1985. He's pulling all the strings on the Twitter machine. And at L. Berry, Lucas Berry is the mastermind behind the podcast. I just show up every week and try to set these guys up. So without further ado, Lucas Berry, how's your week been going? It's about two weeks. It's been about two weeks since we've heard from you. You look beautiful. How are you feeling? And welcome in tonight. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Happy to be uh, live again. Finally, it's been way more than two weeks since we went live. Uh, it's been good being prepping for the NFL draft. You know, at this point, I think everyone's getting to the point where it's like draft overload. Uh, just kind of want to be there now, you know, two weeks away. Um, but there are a lot of good resources out there. If you haven't been keeping up with it, there's still plenty of time to get caught up. You know, a site I like is NFLDraftBuzz.com. Huge database of prospects, the whole nine yards. Uh, if you're a subscriber to The Athletic, Dane Brugler put out his beast which is basically a everything you need to know about every single prop prospect in this year's draft. You could probably find out what foods they like, what high schools they went to, all kinds of info you don't need. Uh, but that is an insane piece of work, and I recommend checking it out. Uh, but Chris, before we dive into the Bears talk, how you doing tonight, man? Lucas, I am doing awesome tonight. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with you guys, talking some bears. Uh, I find it so interesting how different each of us, you know, kind of go about the draft season. Uh, in my younger years before children and all of that, I used to spend a lot of time getting to know a lot of prospects um, start, you know, at one point was, you know, grinding tape um, and looking at, you know, different websites and trying to find as many videos on guys just to get a feel for people and see if I had, you know, an eye for talent, I guess is what it came down to. 
but I don't do that anymore. That's not me. Unfortunately, I just don't have time. Uh, and the other thing is I just don't like getting invested in guys that are never going to be bears. You know, I've, I remember getting so hyped up about certain players and, and them being one pick away from the bears. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, you know, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, uh, uh leonard williams was another one when we drafted kevin white um man this even goes back to it i can't ever remember his name but if you told me it was like number 42 on the packers for years he was a safety it was a third round pick we were coming up and i was like oh man this would be great there you go morgan burnett that was the guy i was like (laughs) all right third round we're ready here we go uh yeah and here comes the packers jumped right in front of us and and took him and that was uh that was disappointing. And then, you know, guys that I got excited about that we actually did end up, now they turned out to be garbage. You know, Anthony Miller's a good one that I was like, we traded up. And I remember I was giving my son a bath and watching the uh watching the uh the draft on my phone and I'm like screaming in the hall bathroom, just like, yes, yes, and fuck, it was terrible. People were so hyped about that Bears draft. You know, they were very excited and the worst, the now worst none of thing. Them are there. The worst thing you can do is is watch the YouTube highlights because just like every player looks incredible, and in them just like I think literally Anthony Miller, his YouTube highlights, like almost every person in the comments said, "Yeah, this dude is the next Antonio Brown." Like his sold. highlights, like yeah, it's just like sold, do not for sure don't don't fall into that trap. He was playing, and I don't even what what conference is Memphis even in anymore? What is it called? The conference USA, all, I think all of USA conference. or something. Yeah, they changed. Then they changed the name of it. Well, now I would trust Joe. Joe knows. Yeah, with, with, with the with football. the kind of uh, the Big East kind of dissolved into the uh, American uh, Athletic Conference uh, in football, and I believe they're part of that as well. But I'm right. I was right there with you. I traded a lot of value away in my dynasty league to get Anthony Miller because <laughs> of those videos, uh, which now a lot of my fantasy football buddies make fun of me for. Uh, it serves as a great lesson to exactly what you said, Luke. Not fall in love with the with the highlight tape. We see it uh, kind of personally on, on my side watching uh, recruits. Oh, this guy's going to be the next great uh you just got to give them some time and we, we got to see how you know draft classes are better uh evaluated you know one or two years down the road but we can still get excited about them right here tonight on believe monsters podcast yeah joe but you 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 fell into that with Najee harris man you were telling me about his his high school tape in california you're like oh my god bro this is the guy this is gonna be better than trent richardson better and than you know king henry and, and he is well, we're not there yet. We're not the there brakes. yet. But uh, he looked he looked pretty he looked pretty sexy in his first year. But uh, back to the Bears. I you know I'm geeked up for the draft. I'll once the draft happens, I will. You know it's funny because like I won't do any research pre-draft. I won't I won't have a clue who these prospects are other than what you guys tell me. And then come draft night, I'm like, hey, let's draft this guy because you guys have told me, hey, this is a, a, a decent prospector. You know, we had Joe DeLeon on the show a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, and he told us about a few prospects. And I, I, that's the only, literally the only guys I know about. And when we drafted Fields, I was beyond pumped up. So plus like with the, with the way Pace has been traded away picks the last few years, it's not like we had seconds and thirds to be excited about anyway. But these, guess uh, who was one? Guess who was one of the first places to have the Bears mocking the Bears drafting fields? B-I-M, baby. We had Usaid on. Joe was with me. 
in our situation, we traded up with the Miami Dolphins, landed mm-hmm. Fields, but mm-hmm. didn't quite happen that way. But we had him. That was our guy. So that was only. I mean, you're only like two picks off, right? Because Miami was like ninth or seventh, maybe. And you were, and they took him out. Uh, did they? They had two picks last year. Well, they took Waddle at seven. Uh, well, they, they moved back from three to seven, right? Uh, because. They were because the 49ers traded up with them and then they traded. They, right. they, they made a lot of uh, jumps in the first round in and out of up, up and down to try to maximize those the, 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 that value at the top of that first round. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of our other picks weren't right in our mock draft, but we had fields, which I was proud of. Um, well, I know. I'll say, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say just in my personal mock draft, which I always do one per year for fun. I think I got the first nine or 10 picks right. It was probably the most insane run I've ever had. On, on, which, on which iteration, Lucas? Because I'm guessing you've probably done a good 30 or 40 already. Huh? On, no, it was like my on, final one, dude. It was my final like one. On iteration, you know, 40.55, I got, you know, nine picks in a row right, which that's awesome, dude. Any any pick, any mock you can get that amount well, right is awesome. You should have well, thrown some money on those, dude, is what you should have done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I thought there was no no chance of it happening. But what's funny about this year's draft is just like we don't even know who's going number one yet. Like last year, the first I thought it was that tackle. I thought that no, tackle was like they're a talking about they now. they've been tossing around like two of the other pass rushers about possibly going. Walker. Uh, yeah, Walker. They've been there's a lot of trading back. Uh, There's nobody tab- to trade back with or to trade up with them, though. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just this year is kind of a crapshoot. It's it's interesting. Normally that first pick is like locked in, and you know who it's going to be. Uh, it's it'll be interesting. Um, I've seen Evan Neal, that big tackle you're talking about, go anywhere from one to eight. So it's just I don't know. This year is interesting. The fact that the Bears don't have a first round pick, I honestly haven't really been paying attention to the top prospects. One thing so. that I found interesting, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay. Uh, one thing that I found interesting with the, for the Bears drafts over the last maybe three, four, at least during the, the Pace tenure, and uh, we're turning a page here, so it's going to be a little contrast this year. But the last couple of uh, last couple of years, you know, you, we've been able to identify a huge need. For, for for the Bears, and so like we've been able to kind of predict, you know, uh, we were able to predict it, the David Montgomery pick that we kind of had nailed down to two or three running backs that might be in that range, and we kind of were able to prepare prepare ourselves for David Montgomery in what was that the third round uh, at that point, uh, and so and then we were able to kind of predict the Roquan Smith to draft because uh, of how we were able to predict the, uh, you know the first seven or eight picks at that point, and uh, you know the Leonard Floyd pick kind of surprised a lot of people, but. I think if we were really objective, Ryan Pace picking a quarterback at the, in, in 17, we kind of were able to pick that too. The difference this year, now we've turned the page, fired him, and really not a lot of those picks didn't didn't work out, as we've talked about a lot of, at length right here on the podcast. But right, but now with, the, with us picking at 39 and not really being able to predict the board in front of us, this year's draft is going to be really interesting and, 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 and fun because 39 can be a lot of possibilities. You can 
you can trade up, I guess, if you wanted to. If you've got a uh, if you've got a prospect that you like, if you want to put on your Ryan Pace hat, you could trade back to to get more value in the draft. You can you know draft an offensive lineman. A lot of people might think a wide receiver. A lot of people might think a cornerback. I think there's a lot of options, and so this year's draft is going to be a lot more fun, uh, a lot more mysterious than than maybe the last handful of drafts. Joe, you you kind of brought up a something while you were talking there, and I remember when Pace came in. And I can't remember exactly when he was hired versus when the draft was. But there was a lot of kind of discussion about, you know, what would he do in the draft because he didn't, you know, have time to kind of set his scouts, set his philosophy, kind of instill that, you know, Ryan Pace, um, you know, format formula for what he wanted to do, good, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, so do you guys think that Ryan Poles is, is set up better to have his kind of draft this year uh than pace was when he first came in do you think he had a little bit more time do you think he set up his scouts he kind of instilled his philosophies on what he's looking for obviously shit dude if the fucking public knows what what they're looking for you know in the hit system and the hustle guys then i'm sure the coaching staff and the scouts know what do you what do you guys think about that so i don't think you know a lot of times when these new general managers get hired, they don't have enough time to flip the scouting department completely for their own, um, you know, for their own guys to bring in. Um, but to your point, comparing him to Ryan Pace, I feel like Ryan Pace, to be honest with you, I don't really know if he knew what he wanted right away. Like the Bears always lacked an identity with him in charge. And that kind of, you saw that in his drafts. I mean, it's been very clear what the Bears are trying to do in their free agency Pulse has communicated it well, and he's followed through on everything he said. So, I mean, just picking up the the breadcrumbs from you know that he's laying down it seems kind of predictable on on what he's going to want to do. And in my opinion, that is he's the way he attacked free agency. You know, he brought in one lineman, uh, two receivers, one who's probably more of like a special teamer in St. Brown. Uh, I mean, and then basically all defense. So, you know, I'm expecting just off the top of my head my gut is telling me he's going to try and trade back get more picks and take a, a you know take a lot of offense in this draft linemen and receivers and skill positions so he's going to jump right into that without you know kind of building a little bit of drama well, we, first. come we're on just, lucas we're just talking we gotta about talk free like, agency first and then well, we can well, talk I'm, about I'm, trading back and like he just wants I'm to the, stick his opinion in there joe i'm laying i'm laying the groundwork because joe i'm just playing I'm saying, joe already red, said it the Joe already crumbs. said trade back. Yeah. Uh, no, and I, I agree. So I'm just looking through the the kind of the front office guys. Uh, a lot of names I I still recognize, you know, Mark Sadowski, Jeff Shiver, uh, Sam Somerville all, are all guys that are, you know, that I recognize. Pro Scouts, Jeff King. Um, so these are people that have been in Chicago for a while. So I don't know how much he's flipped around. These aren't positions that, you know, it's not your starting quarterback. Everybody knows your starting quarterback's name. Uh, I don't know these people, so. Shout out to Sam Somerville, regional scout for the Southeast. Sam Somerville is a beast. Chris, do you want to elaborate on uh, Sadow? What's his name? Sadowski. Mark Sadowski. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on him? I I feel like that's kind of like a big ad to have him back. In yeah, his position, I mean, which was was Ted running that recently under Ryan Pace. He does all the contracts and stuff, right? Dave Phillips? No. Oh, no. You're talking about Cliff Stein being back at the head of oh. contracts. But, yes, yeah. that is a huge 
huge change and and for the good you know when we the when the bears were signing free agent deals that made sense cliff stein was the one setting those deals up and and layering them for the best possible outcome for the bears in terms of you know front-loading contracts you know this is the guy that headed up the john tate dale back when we jacked him from kansas city all the way back in the day he front-loaded that thing so perfectly that kansas city couldn't match almost did it this year with uh ryan bates but obviously you know the bills valued him as much as we did so good for them good for everybody i mean whatever that's that's fine uh but no cliff stein being back at the head of contract negotiations i don't think ted was writing those before i do think it was another guy under pace stein was still part of the organization he just wasn't the guy but polls made the right decision in in making cliff stein the main dude but uh mark sadowski's been there for a minute and he's uh, the director of college scouting i think he's done a great job i mean i think I mean, I'm I'm such a homer when it comes to draft picks and wanting guys to develop. And I think they did a good job drafting guys, but I think the development aspect was massively lacking. So yeah, hopefully we have some coaches and, um, you know, just, just, I mean, we have a new sports science uh, person, Jennifer Gibson. Um, So I'm hoping just the, you know, that aspect of things. And I know we've talked to some friends that, you know, when they talk about sports science, they they even get down to the nitty gritty of like snaps during practice or how hard you're going or like, you know, how much you can lift during the season and things like that to really get these guys' bodies in good shape, um, you know, because Bears defense is on the field all the time. So I hope these boys are ready. I, I'll chime in with the sports science right right there. Uh, I think that Alabama ha, has really t- put a, a sports science uh, into the program over the last couple of years. And, well, two years, really. Uh, this is kind of the turn of the, th- of the third year. And for Alabama, at least for injuries' sake, uh, a whole lot less soft tissue injuries, a whole lot less hamstring injuries, that sort of thing. Uh, the team metrics are faster because you've got these scientists who are actually not these daggum meatheads or more weight, more weight, more weight, you know, <laughs> which there, there's some because you, you got to have a balance. You have to have a balance of two. Mm-hmm. But, but, but uh, the scientists uh, will be able to measure output. Oh, this player's been going too hard. He's about to burn out kind of thing. Uh, now we did still have a lot. We did still have a handful of season ending injuries, but those are kind of bad luck kind of things. I think where the sports science plays a, a major role is uh, you remember, you know, if, if an, uh, Alan Robinson with his hammy was always spotty. You, you know, we, we've always had, we've had players here and there with, you know, bad wheels that, that really, if, uh, maybe they were pro- better properly maintained, uh, might've been uh, more available to the Bears. And so I, I'm excited to see that part of, uh, of the program and of the organization kind of uh, be born. Well, I thought I Andre Tucker, you know, just from a, an athletic trainer standpoint, I think he was, he came in two, two, was it two, three years ago that had a horrible string of injuries yep, and Ryan Pace replaced wrong. everybody. And Andre Tucker's done a great job as the head athletic trainer, not only from, uh, you know, an injury aspect, but he did a great job with COVID and, you know, getting the, the facility prepped and everything like that. So I think those those guys matter. Those positions matter. So to see polls come in and, and really pay attention to that kind of thing is um, a positive note 
So I, I'm excited that, you know, you've seen a difference in Alabama. Cause like the, the only hamstring injury I can remember last year was Monty and the dude like came back with like, dude, he came back insanely fast, like, like a day. Like he was fine. He was, yeah. it was like Tuesday and they're like, yeah, he, he could probably practice or he could probably play next week. And it was yep. just nuts. But people were worried just... about that. Cause that looked like a nasty injury when it happened. But I was going to say uh, an underrated or not really thought about aspect of sports science that just popped up was you know Iberflus can use his hits principle like how much effort you know he can use this to measure effort in practice how much effort are you giving how much are you running what is your average speed stuff like that um mm -hmm. so that'll be interesting you know we probably really won't see you know you won't really see that firsthand you might see some videos here and there but uh you could definitely use sports science in that aspect um to kind of track your practices but uh we're kind of going off the rails here. Let's 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 kind of backtrack. I enjoyed contracts. that conversation. I yeah, enjoyed that was, conversation that about fun. all things let's, all over the place. And we started in a good spot, and it, it wasn't a complete rabbit hole. It was a it was a head of operations and talking about the Bears organizational overview. And the folks want to know that we're into sports science now. So you're welcome, audience. Um, but yeah, let's get back on these free agent signings. I know. We talked a lot about the guys we had signed. Do you guys want to give an overall recap of everybody we've done, or how would you like to? Yeah, jo Joe Gaither's got it. Joe, Joe Gaither's got it. We, we, we haven't been on. Uh, we haven't been on probably uh, in two in two weeks. So I'll just start uh, uh, right after uh, Equinemius St. Brown. That's going to be a fun name to say uh, this year. That we they signed uh, Lucas Patrick, Equinemius St. Brown, and Justin Jones all on the 18th of what is that January, February, Mar uh, March. March. All right. So on the 20th, we signed Byron Pringle, a nice little wide receiver to a one year deal. We re signed our friend DeAndre Houston Carson to a one year deal. We went out and found uh, Al Qadim Muhammad to a two year contract. I believe he comes from the Colts. Uh, we signed, we got a fullback back on the roster, Kyrie Blassing game one-year deal uh, outside linebacker Dakota Dozier one-year contract Trevor Simeon signed him away from the Saints for a two-year contract two-year contract uh, Dane Crookshank to a one-year deal defensive back uh, on the 31st the last day of the month and then uh, we turned to month and we re-signed our friend Jesper Horstead tight end to a one-year contract they weren't done with the tight ends they also found Ryan Griffin former Jets uh, for a one-year contract, Matt, Matt Adams, linebacker, came in uh, what three days ago for a one-year contract, and two days ago on the 11th, the Bears signed Tavon Young, defensive back, for a one-year deal. So a lot of one-year deals, a lot of uh, a, lot, a, a lot of bodies, not a lot of money. <laughs> Just a quick note: uh, Dakota Dozier is an offensive lineman, not an outside linebacker. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did I read that completely wrong? Oh, that's <laughs> oh says hell. I mean, it says OL, and you just threw the backer in there. Yeah, so that's okay. Dakota, well, Dakota, I hope you're big and nasty and mean. And, and bring he's not. Have you, he, he tackled videos. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, video's hilarious. He he sacked his own quarterback, but that's well, all right. He, he, he gave up the pressure, and then he turned around and thought he would mediate it by throwing Kirk Cousins to the ground. That's nice. I mean, I think he just feels like, like we all do about Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't block for Kirk just, either. Like, that's what I'm saying. You just throw him to the ground yourself. Like, oh that's, my God. that's a no problem so out of these newer guys everybody you know pringle and and muhammad and blasting game and and Krushank and horstead and uh you know Tavon young who are you guys most excited about i mean obviously these are second and third Ryan Griffin. you guys have been 
the, the uh, everybody's been talking about. Ryan Griffin, tied in from the Jets. Tell us about him, Joe. What what, what what's he get you uh, geeked up about him? I mean, he's he's big tight end, big target. Is he better than Horstead? Uh, probably not. He's probably about the same. You know, I, I mean, he's better than Horstead. He he's he, he's been in the league. Okay, how long has he been in the league for? He he's been he's with been the Jets. He's been with the Titans, right? Uh. I remember a lot. I remember him always being like people's breakout tight end. They're like, "Oh yeah, this is the year Ryan Griffin's gonna have a big year." On the okay, no, no time with the Titans. Uh, is he related I, to Peter Griffin at he's all? He's been in the league since 2013. <laughs> His big brother Peter Griffin, funny guy. Maybe we'll get a great guy, a, a great comedian in the locker room. What's he got? Uh, two hundred career catches. In his uh, one, two, three, four, uh, eight years in the league, 206 career catches, 2,100 yards, and a big fat 14 touchdowns. All right, that's Joe, not, just, that's, those are not terrible numbers for some of them. But do not, know, know. but yeah, but that's like 20 catches a year, right? That's not, yeah, that's not yeah. His, his best year, 50 catches with the Texans in 2016. Freaking awesome for a Joe no name third, third wave tight end. Give me a break, Joe Gaither. I want to know, all right. I know you were joking about Griffin, but tell us why Lucas Patrick is your favorite signing of the offseason. I know that's your guy. A little oh, cheese that's head. the guy they got, they got from, 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 uh, from that team up north who, who, who turned to join the good side. He found a heart. He found his soul, basically. He said, I've been tired of living soulless up in, up, up in the desolate, uh, de- desolate desert of Wisconsin, basically, the winter desert of Wisconsin. So he's coming. He's nasty. He's got that, he's got that Wisconsin. He, the pedigree, for, you know, Got to give respect where respect is due. That dude breed offensive lineman. Um, maybe now the question is, Luke, when he comes here, will he still be allowed to hold without it being called? Because if he is, then great, we're go- we're golden. But like you, you know, they, they've got that special blocking technique up there in uh, up there in Green Bay, and uh, I wonder if he'll be able to to, to sustain uh, the ability to block and hold without being called. Well, that is exactly, you know, what that uh, Matt Lefleuf taught Getsy up there was how okay. to speak to the referees to be like, hey, listen, this is what we're going to be doing. <laughs> I know it's not cool, but, you know, we need to maintain this prestigious, you know, middle of nowhere, cold, you know, football attitude of, of the that city up north so why don't you go ahead and just not throw as many yellow flags i mean they match the jerseys it's kind of confusing for everyone so yeah we'll be fine right, we'll be fine uh lucas what about you man what's your of these guys that you know joe kind of rattled off do you have a a guy you liked that they signed or you uh, yeah there's actually some, goose, a few, some goosebumps there, when they when you heard the names there's a few on this list i mean i think pringle is probably the easiest one just because I feel like he's always been buried on the depth chart in Kansas City, and he's he's kind of getting an he'll be getting an elevated role here. So, um, you know, we'll see what he can do with it. But he gives great effort. He's fast as hell. Be a great fit for Justin Fields. Um, so I'm really you know excited to see him out there in action. Um, but I'm not you know that's that's kind of the meatball pick. I think a lot of people are excited for Pringle. I think that was a good signing, good value. Uh, my pick is going to be. Uh, Dane Krukshank from the Titans. Um, you know, he's kind of thrived in his, his little role there in, in Tennessee. Um, you know, they would bring him in to shut down opposing teams, tight ends. He shut down some big ones, you know, George Kittle being one of them. Um, you know, he, he, he's a hard hitter, plays with a lot of effort. 
And I feel like he could be a solid sign and get some really solid snaps for the Bears, kind of plugs a hole for a year. And that's the thing about all these one-year contracts is like, you know, some of these guys you hope will stick and you can sign them to a longer-term extension if they, you know, prove they can ball this year. So, um, you know, he's he's one guy I'm, I'm keeping an eye on, and I think he'll fit into this Eberflus defense nicely. Yeah, so, I mean, I really – I like the Tavon Young signing. Hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, they needed to add that cornerback spot. Um, but my pick will be the – Al Quadin Muhammad pick. Uh, I think, you know, him being an Eberflus guy, uh, came into the NFL in 2016 as a six round pick by the Saints. Uh, he, you know, is an early down run defender. Uh, he's had, last year, he had a career high of six sacks and 13 quarterback hits. Uh, so I think he'll, you know, that's solid, 13. Do okay filling the roles for sure. Solid, solid player. I mean, he's he's probably a, you know, a, a B grade free agent signing, B plus potentially. Um, just he's a low key guy, second third wave like we like like we've been saying, like Ryan Poles has been saying. Uh, he's not phenomenal, but he's not going. He's to, effort, man. He's pure effort. Yeah, all effort, I think, which is. I heard a quote, I don't know if it was from Ryan Poles, but they talked about, you know, bringing in guys, you know, say they're, say, you know, you have Muhammad rated as a C-plus player. Well, you put him in this hits defense and you hope that the the effort and the hustle and all that can elevate him to a B player, which is kind of where he's at. He's like nothing special, but he's elevating his play to more than what you think he's capable of just from, you know, his mentality. So, um, that's the type of dude the Bears need. I'm sure he'll play a big part in changing the culture of the defense, showing the showing the dudes on the defense what it's about to be a part of it. So um, that is an exciting signing for sure, Chris. All right, I'll be serious. Go ahead. I'll, I'll be serious and, and pick uh, the, uh, the fullback, Kyrie Blassingame. How long has it been since uh, the Bears have had a fullback, a true fullback on the roster? I know we've had a lot of H-backs kind of play that that role uh, whenever Nagy wanted to, you know, break out the, the really cute eye formation. Really fast. <laughs> so JP I, Holtz, I, I, baby. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to get a fullback back on the roster. I'm not saying we're going to be in the eye, but but we, you saw at the floor, the floor system under center, they they use uh, kind of that the play action style. Uh, you see, uh, blasting game play play with the Titans kind of came kind of came through that system with Arthur Smith. So they're all kind of deriving off similar uh, similar systems. I'm excited to get a fullback and uh, and have some attitude on the offense. Well, Joe, as a, as a former fullback myself, I can tell you one of the, uh, you know, better aspects of his game is his catching ability. And, you know, when you put a fullback out there and you're, you know, you're pounding the rock, you know, 20, 25 times a game. And, you know, it just takes one play extra where you sneak him out of the backfield. And, you know, he could, he's definitely athletic enough to do, you know, have a house call on, on just one of his catches. He did it. You know, he had some insane catches versus the Bears in the preseason last year. Um, if anyone remembers those, do you guys remember those? He had a, a really long catch for us in the preseason. Absolute animal of a run. Blossom um, game. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's. I think he's. I mean, he's got solid hands out of the backfield. And if 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 that gives us any indication of what they're doing, praise God, we're going to start throwing to running backs out of the backfield. Without I, I was going to say the screen game should be a bigger, much bigger factor this year. Um, just utilizing that and and slants, but. 
it's a story for another day, but that that's a good choice, Joe. I mean, honestly, a lot of these signings, you know, people should look forward to watching them because they're all, for the most part, hungry dudes who just never got a chance their previous spot or enough of a chance. So, um, we'll see. You know, overall, it's it's underwhelming just because they've signed all these guys to one year contracts and there's no huge names, but. Like I said, if you can get two, three, maybe four of these guys to stick for a longer run, then I would say it's a success. 100%. And I think I've never been a huge fullback guy, but um, yeah, he looks like a like a fun little addition to the team. Uh, I also like so somebody to give David Montgomery a freaking chance, not get hit in the backfield. Like, like. <laughs> How many times would the demo just take a handoff and oh, the first guy I got to make miss is two yards deep in the back? All the time, dude. All the time. Well, while we're while we're speaking of that, how do you guys feel about Polz's kind of just satisfaction or complacency with nine in free agency? How do you guys feel? You cut out a lot there, Lucas. Sorry, I said, how do you guys feel about Ryan Poles' complacency of adding O-line and free agency? Hmm. Well, I, I think it's been that, a big topic of discussion. Uh, yeah, I understand that. You know, and Twitter GMs will, you know, bark at everything, and they all know, you know, when guys are valuable additions to the team and they're not washed up and they fit the scheme and they fit the locker room and everything like that well. You know, they're not building this team. Ryan Poles is, so that's his choice. And if he doesn't feel like the guys that are still out there, you know, Eric Flowers or what other other random names we've heard thrown around on Bears Twitter, then, then Trey he's Turner. not going to pick him up. Trey Turner, you know. Uh, that was your guy. That was a guy. I mean, he was he's out there. I mean, he could. I wouldn't be bad if we added him, but like I also said, I'm not going to cry if we don't. So I think Poles is going to – Look for guys in the drafts, probably early or, you know, I mean, some of the guys, they haven't brought in a whole lot of offensive linemen on, you know, visits. So hopefully they saw a lot of guys on the draft or on the, sorry, in the, during the combine that they liked and they had some interviews with them there. And if they don't draft any offensive linemen, then it's going to be a big, like what's happening. I, I mean, I, I kind of think they're, they almost have to take one, maybe even two linemen at this point in the draft. But, you know, how, Joe, how risky of a proposition is that to say, I'm going to draft a rookie lineman early and expect him to start and be a contributor right away? Is that too lofty of an expectation? Is that putting fields in danger? Or do you think that's, given, given Poles and Cunningham's background, do you expect them to be able to make that pick and make this the correct decision? Well, I, 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 I am more confident in Ryan Poles identifying offensive linemen than I am Ryan Pace. And uh, to, to, to your first kind of point of discussion, how do, I, how do we feel about not, not really spending on a lot of offensive linemen? Personally, you know, I know the money, you, you don't have to spend it. You, you don't have to bring it, just bring in guys uh, if you don't believe in them. And there's no sense in that just because you, you got money and you have a hole. Um, I'd rather... I'd rather take the chance on, on a younger guy and see how they see how they develop, see how they acclimate to the NFL. If it, if it, if it has tape on guys, has a feel, has a feel for some of these free agents that we've uh, passed over or let pass. Uh, really, 
I was disappointed. What was it? Ryan Bates was the uh, the, the the Bills uh, lineman that, that we offered. That they offered. They, they, they matched. The, they obviously matched their offer sheet to keep their offensive lineman. But I think that Ryan Poles identified. Okay, these are the offensive linemen that I'm going to take a risk on. Uh, these, these are the offensive linemen I, I, that are worth paying to me. And uh, you know, I don't mind being a cheap ass. I don't mind being frugal and not not paying guys if you don't think they're worth it. And okay, to your second point, to, is that going to put Fields at risk? And do we think they can draft anybody? Yes, I think they can draft somebody, which is uh, why I think trading back is probably uh, the the best solution at thirty nine. Uh, give you as many bites at the apple, as many picks uh, at, at, at this class as you can. Um, but of course, you're putting your man, your athlete, Justin Fields, under pressure uh, with, with, in, with inexperience. Uh, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on Luke Getzey uh, to, to be able to, have, to develop an offensive scheme that protects not only Fields but 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 a rookie offensive lineman. Is he going to be able to make the calls? Can he can he lean on uh, Cody Whitehair? Can he can he lean on you know? The guys that are going to be left to his left and to his right, the inexperienced Tevin Jenkins and Larry Porham are, are, are going to be your, some of your veteran guys. So uh, the offensive line looks like a scary proposition, but I'd rather address it slowly and patiently and correctly rather than just throw out of money at it in free agency uh, and just say, hey, here's the guy we got and hamper yourself down the line. Yeah, I mean, let's look at the uh, let's look at what happened this offseason. I mean, they, so they lost James Daniels up front. Um, you add Lucas Patrick, to, and you I think they said they're going to play him at center. So they resigned Mustafer probably in a backup role. Um, so right now, you you don't have a guard yet, a starting guard, unless you're playing. There's some random guy we have on our depth chart. If you look, I don't even know Simmons. his name. Okay, it's Simmons. We got it's not. Really... It's not Simmons. It's someone you I've never heard guy. of. Come on. Um, right. You're drafting Jamari Saylor out of Georgia. Is what you're doing at 39. <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> we can get into a that. Basically, champion. right now the Bears are down a starting guard. Um, the other side, you you still have white hair, <laughs> and then you have Jenkins and Bourne playing. Um, two guys who played sparingly last year who looked okay when they played. Um, but really, yeah, you have a lot of inexperience up there. But my question for the masses is just who are you bringing in that's that much of an upgrade over Jermaine Effetti? Um, you know, outside of Taron Armstead, who plays 12 games a year, and you're going to play. Got your arm and a leg. Exactly, and by the end of his contract, he'll be way out of what the Bears are doing. I mean, it just—I don't know. There's just there's a lot of lateral steps you could have taken, but you probably would have got the same output you would have got out of like a Fetty and whoever else you're plugging in there. Kyle Long. <laughs> He's only yes, thirty-three. Well, can I address just one more thing? Like, what these fans need to realize, you're talking about fans on Twitter, and, and you're more plugged in with, with those guys uh, Unfortunately. Than, than I am. Uh, but, but what these fans need to realize is the Bears are at a point with their franchise. It's bite the bullet time. It's somebody's got you got to pay the bills right here. And, you know, you go in, you pay the bills right now. You, you basically are driving the used car on at the offensive line because of, of some of your past decisions. You, you basically have to pay the creditor right now. We, you, we cannot keep stretching out what, what, what's going right. on with dead cap down the line, dead cap down the line, no draft picks, trading back draft picks. Trade, you know, at some point, you just have to fucking pay the power price. Well, and and well, that's what we have to do right now. You have to pay the price. Let polls, you got to make smart decisions. You can't just go spend money. You, you got to build this bad boy back right. 
Well, that's the thing, Joe, is just like build America back. Right. You were going to you were going to have to overpay for, you know, mediocre level players to stopgap this offensive line. But that's just the endless cycle the Bears have been in for how many years just because they haven't been able to draft linemen well or not willing to take them early. It, at least in the Ryan Pace era, did he even take one lineman? James Daniels, anyone else? Did he take anyone White else? Hair. Yeah, he White took those two hair. like in the beginning of his tenure, Arden right? And right. Yeah, most of those other guys were like sixth and seventh round picks, which is yeah. just. But Joe, you're absolutely right. It's just like at some point you have to say, okay, it stops here. All right, we need to start drafting and developing guys because instead of putting mediocre players out there, if you can draft and develop guys, that's when you're going to get that all pro caliber player because they don't hit free agency that much and the long-term of, success of the of your exactly Patriot, of your other look at the last 10 10 years the teams that are winning are not just losing guys all left and right because they you know oh you know we're, we're trading away all our picks the pictures trade back every freaking pick that's exactly what you do but but there 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 are pieces to take from some of these winning franchises that have been winning for a long time and you just gotta examine yourself look in the mirror and realize you know where we actually are so i think the other thing is like and this might not be up to date because i think spot track might be off because it still has ryan bates is available but like you know there's guys still there that are probably still going to be there post draft you know eric, i don't know if eric flowers or trey turner or, or billy price have signed but you know they're still on the on the available free agent list and it could be it could be wrong but there's still gonna be quint or uh jermaine Effetti level talent guys available after the draft so if you don't aren't able to land some of the guys you want or if something god forbid happens then you know there is a there is there are guys still out there you know you don't need to have a a coronary because they're not picking up your free agent or any free agent and you know you want to light a candle and pray for justin like dude just just (laughs) bro um so you guys want to get into the draft a little bit and well, talk about yeah. 39 and 48? Absolutely. But before we dive into that, you know, we talked about this earlier. Um, just basically everything that's been left here right now for the Bears has been Ryan Pace's mess. So the Bears are in cleanup mode. They're a year behind in the rebuild due to Ryan Pace doing what he did and ownership letting him do it for probably a year too long. So. Right now, well, they, they loved him. They loved Ryan Pace, you know, as a person, well, and that was a problem. People don't want to. You're a lovable guy. People want to just use Justin Fields' second year as this travesty of what's happening with the Bears. Well, Ryan Poles doesn't really care because it's not his fault. He was brought in here to clean up this mess, and if you don't think he communicated the plan with ownership about this before you're out of your mind, you know, I'm sure he told them everything that was going to happen. And really, if, if Justin Fields fails, he's just going to point the finger and say, that's not my guy, not my problem. I trade him away for assets. What? Not, not saying that, that he's he hoping for that, but. But that's what I would, I mean, I wouldn't hope for it, but I'd, I'd say, you know, if he, another year or two down the line, he doesn't work, he's not working out, trade his ass away for a third round pick. Trade his ass away. A third? Ooh, Joseph. What, what were you going to say, Chris? This is, this is hypothetical. Just, talk, just talking out of his ears. Justin Fields is the man. I mean, he is the man, but but your point your point says like we, we basically brought in a new boss to look at the books, and he said, "Oh shit, you got a lot of red here. We got to do yeah. something about this." Like my my yeah, point yeah. basic my point basically is that, dropping financial terms on on our viewers. 
No, but you got a beautiful asset in, in your franchise, Justin Fields. He looks great. Yeah. But like, he is a beautiful man. I agree. Beautiful, gorgeous. Right. Vegetarian. I don't get that. I like. Did you see him at the Blackhawks game in the in the Blackhawks sweater? Gorgeous. It's a good looking color. It's a good looking uh, jersey. You know, Justin looks good. In and it. I hope he's in Chicago for a long time. Yeah, I want to know. I mean, we all want him to be successful. Uh, I I just can't. Yeah, are you sure that you know Ryan Poles iterated his plan to leadership? You don't think he just went in there like a willy nilly and was like, I I don't really know. We'll see how it plays out. No, he lied to them in his interview and he said, Oh yeah, I'm gonna sign uh Brandon Sheriff and Taryn Armstead and uh, the best center available and and he he told him that and just spent no money now and. Well, I think he's, uh, you know, he's like probably about as tall as Joel Embiid, so he probably gave him a old trust the process. Worst, worst case scenario, we'll we'll suit up Ryan Poles and and throw him out there at right guard. So thirty six, man, that's not much different than he's you know, dude. Richie Incognito is thirty eight, so I don't really see the problem in that. I mean, maybe that is the plan, you know? Exactly. To your point. everybody let's, wants this. Let's drag play out. Yeah, come on. So what Chris it, what was it, what exactly it, what right like five, three minutes ago saying there's going to be more players available after the draft. And even guys that we don't even see on the free agency list now. You know, there's going to be other teams that take a first round center, guard, tackle that are like, okay, now this, you know, $10 million a year guard doesn't look so good. We have this other guy. And hey, you know, one's man's trash is another man's treasure. Maybe they, you know, maybe there's a team out there that has a power guard. Or or has a has a zone guard and they're moving to a power system and they can be like okay bears you know we can you can have this dude we we're looking for a more of a power system than a zone a zone system and and here we are you know we're off and running so I trust the process trust the the guys that they put in charge I know that's hard to swallow with uh, George McCaskey being the one to captain the ship but. If you're a fan, Sweet I think you got to have some optimism. You can't. I mean, there's going to be plenty of things this year to be upset about. We're gonna. Sweet Virginia. You, she's the secretary of the direct of the of the board of of directors, and like, I'm surprised that that's her her role as the secretary. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I know it's not getting coffee anymore. That means a lot more nowadays, and it's probably more administrative assistant than secretary. But that's her role. That's her title. That's she's kind of a trip. Queen B, and she is healthy now. She's uh, she's all you know, bounced back from whatever she had. So that's true. They never really disclosed that, did they? Nah, nah. Brian Poles well, is protecting her. He's her left tackle. He's he's her left tackle. Well, speaking <laughs> speaking of Ryan Poles, let's, let's dive into the draft here. I mean, the Bears have two picks now that they have thirty nine, which is their second round pick. First round pick last year obviously went to Justin Fields. Um. And then they have the second round pick they acquired in the Cleo Mack trade. Is that 48 or 49? 48 there. 48. So they have uh, two top 50 picks. Um, A little draft knowledge for, uh, you know, some of the folks out there worried that their receiver might not be available. The most receivers taken in the first round ever, I think, was eight. Uh, The most in the past decade in the top 50 was like, 10 i think 10 or 11 um regardless there's there's plenty of talent there for the bears the average amount of receivers taken in the top 56 and a half or something like that so um 
no matter what happens, there's going to be some talent there. If there's a huge run on receivers in the first round, that means some linemen will fall. Um, pretty good for depth of what the Bears need. Chris, do you trust Ryan Poles to be able to draft a lot? Like, do you kind of just expect Poles to draft a starting caliber lineman? For me, I don't know if my expectations are too high, but like when people are complaining about the line, I'm just thinking I expect him to be able to draft a, a lineman that will be able to contribute. Kind of a lot of questions there. Do I trust him? I don't know. I don't know him well enough. I don't know his style. It's hard to kind of read the tea leaves right now. They haven't had a a ton of pre-draft visits to kind of get a gauge of, you know, who they're bringing in. I, I'm sure if I looked hard enough, I could find who they met with at the senior bowl and, and the, the combine, but I haven't dug into that. So I trust his track record as far as finding offensive line talent. And then Ian Cunningham is also going to be there to help find that talent. And he's, He's shown that he can do that in the past. Um, so I feel like one of those two picks will be on the offensive line or probably, you know, gathering more picks some way, somehow. Uh, this quarterback class isn't outrageously strong. So I think there could be a, you know, guy a quarterback in the 39 range that could potentially be traded up for um, by some teams, whether, you know, I don't know. I mean, who do, who do, how, do we think that, you know, Matt, Matt Coral and, and Sam Howell yep. are first round picks or are they yes. probably, I could see, I could see a team trading up to the back of the first round to try and get a fifth year option on one of them. Matt Corral is a first round pick. So Brugler has Pickett and Willis as actually first, second round grades. He doesn't have a strong first on anybody. Uh, then he has Ritter, Coral, uh, as Ritter, Coral, Howard, Corral, whatever, man. It's, cor- it's not spelled that way. Anyway, so <laughs> as second, third round guys, and then Carson Strong, I can say that one. That's pretty simple. Carson Strong. Uh, and then, you know, our boy from Notre Dame, uh, Jack Cohn as a fifth, sixth rounder. If somebody drafts Jack Cohn, you're, you're, you're stupid. Y'all look, look, look at 13 there, Chris Krogman, and, and think how far down Brock. What a, what a dummy, dude. Oh, Poor guy. Like, he, like he was probably a first round pick there, you know, uh, last year. And then he went back to Iowa state. Poor Brock Purdy. But I don't feel Brock. bad. But yeah, like I said. 39 could be prime pickings for it, there are a lot pickings we could go here ha ah, ha i don't think i, don't think I yeah we'll see i mean i think no i guess do you guys think poll i mean i don't really know if polls can go into the second round i don't think he has the luxury of taking best available with just how his free agency went i don't I, you know in my opinion he has to take at least a lineman or a receiver in the second round, at least one. It could of those. be both. I mean, and I, and it the, could be both. Me, like to me, free agency on paper looks defensive, defensive strong, right? Which to me, I, I mean, I don't know, would lean towards offensive strong draft, but like in the Ryan Pace era, it was pretty much a double down type of strategy where he <laughs> would 
pick up a guy in free agency and then draft the same position. Like it happened all the time. And I just, right. I didn't understand the philosophy other than a guy being a, a stopgap for the rookie, but they were, you know, first wave free agents. So I didn't, I didn't understand what he was doing and clearly it didn't work out. So um, maybe I know more than I think I do, but I, I really don't. I'm I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is he doesn't really, I would say he doesn't have the luxury of taking the best player available, which means like if the best player available is just say a linebacker or a safety, I don't think he has the luxury of saying, all right, I'm going to take this guy because he's the top player on my board. Right. He kind of has to take the best player of position of need. Yeah. Which yeah, the Bears think, have a lot of, so like that's a wide range. But you get my point. I think that that uh, adage is kind of outdated. I think you know they, they, you always have to take need into consideration. You're not going to take a quarterback. Right. You're not. You're just not. You're most likely not going to take a running back. I don't even know if there is one that's. You know if it. Th- yeah, I just don't think so. You're not probably not going to take a tight end there. So I mean, there are definitely positions that aren't going to be addressed at that 39 48 pick i think what a lot of guys do is you know you're going to get to 39 and they're going to have a bucket of players that they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with and if they feel good about any one of those guys to say they have you know that we're talking wide receiver and o-line say we have you know five in each bucket they have 10 guys that they're comfortable with well the next 10 picks aren't going to be wide receiver and o-line probably so that they could potentially trade down at that point and still be comfortable with anybody they get and acquire extra assets and go that route. Or, you know, if they're super geeked up about somebody that they have in their next tier up that fell back to them, go ahead and take that guy at 39. Let's, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Joe, go ahead. Well, uh, just looking at looking through this draft guide on the athletic, I want to give huge props to Tank Brewer. This is amazing. Uh, but you, you start to see, the Bears can fill two, two can basically they can fill two two holes or two two needs at thirty nine and forty eight. There's going to be players available. You guys have touched on players sliding and players moving around. Like there's going to be some offensive linemen there. There's going to be some wide receivers there. There's going to be some corners there. It's going to be up to polls to decide if he like really the best way to attack it. Well, I was going to ask. Let's go through our possible scenarios here at thirty nine. Um, we'll, we'll just say, or actually with our first two picks, it could be either or, because I think both could be used. Do you guys think a trade up is possible, whether it's into the back end of the first round or just up in the second round? Is it possible? Is it like, give me a percentage of what, how much you think that would happen? A Eight, trade five, up. 5%. 8%. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say somewhere around roughly like 5 to 8%. I think that's fair. Uh, highly unlikely i guess there's a possibility for anything i doubt it happens um all right if what do you guys think on the flip side of that trade back with one of those picks i think that's in my opinion pretty likely i would with put that one in. of them or with one of them yeah just either one, one. i want to put that at 30 like 35 percent. i don't think it's over 50 i don't think it's going to be like a i, was gonna, I, I think it's a 50 50 shot at least so like I thought the same thing when we had when we had the Comet pick when when Comet got taken and then Johnson got taken we had two seconds right I thought one of those was definitely going to be a trade back and they didn't trade back on either one of them so it really depends on who's there you know if they like guys that are there 
they polls could feel comfortable with just taking his two dudes and, and calling it a day and moving on. Yeah. I'm just from again, just from breadcrumbs I'm picking up from polls and kind of the change of philosophy of pace. I truly believe he is going to just look to acquire as many picks as possible and keep building this thing out. And, you know, you can definitely trade around the draft wherever you're at, but that second at 30, 39, you can get serious value for that. I mean, the Bears in the Tevin Jenkins trade when they traded up to that pick last year netted, you know, the, I think they traded up with Carolina. They had to give up a third to move into that spot. So really did walk out with three day two picks if they trade out of 39, uh, realistically, which is, in my opinion, pretty good proposition when it comes to the draft. Cause I mean, there's just no surefire players that are coming out of it ever or rarely and it's it's kind of a crapshoot and like joe said you want more bites of the apple my gut tells me polls is going to try and do that joe how, how you feel what percentage do you give a trade back in the draft i'm at about 50 50 chris is a little bit said about 30 percent i think probably about 60 honestly I, i'm gonna go a little higher i think that you're you've got a lot of value in this draft from your 20 ish to 70 and so i think if he can get as many picks in between in between and I, we just touched on trading up but so but trading back i think you can get a lot of players that can help your football team in that in, in that second and third round range so i mean one one scenario and we when we we touched on this before because i think lucas had brought it up that you know a third round pick you could get a third round pick, and I didn't. I didn't think that the, that was really possible. But looking at the the draft value chart on Draft Tech, and I know a lot of teams don't necessarily use this anymore, and there's a, a more updated one. But just for you know baseline or whatever, uh, the 39th pick is worth 510 points. Um, a, a, an opportunity would be New Orleans uh, trading back 10 spots, so you'd have 48 and 49. Uh, 49, it would be worth 410. And then New Orleans also has number 98, which is worth 108. So you're at 518. So it's pretty close. I mean, you're off by 10 points, but that's, that's nothing in this, in this. So you could make that up. You can make that up too. If they threw in another pick in the back end, if, if they're, you know, if they're slightly higher value than you, but normally I would say the team receiving more picks normally wins the trade out, out of the value. Cause I think teams that are trading up, will normally sacrifice a little bit more. And to your point, the Saints are a good example. I mean, you know, they're moving around in the first round. They, they seem like a team who's going to try and go in this year. Looking for teams like that, I mean, look at the Chiefs. They have two, I think, back-end third-round picks. Um, the Bills are another team with some – like teams with quarterbacks looking to win now are the perfect trade targets. Wouldn't shock me to see Poles make a trade with his former boss. That would be kind of awesome. Um, but uh, a team like the Saints would be ideal if you can stay in, stay in the top fifty. You know, go back to forty nine. You're sliding back ten picks and, and netting a third. That's pretty great value in my opinion. Uh, that's that's a fantastic you know kind of find there, Chris, on a potential trade. Because uh, I think that's kind of where the sweet spot is in this draft. Between 40 and 50, I think you can still find some serious talent. After that, you know, it might drop off a little more in the second round. But that's kind of a, a nice area to be. And it's okay. I, I don't think the drop off from the player you would get at 39 to 49 would be that drastic. Yeah, I mean, you could even go back with Baltimore at 45. 
um which is yeah they normally they don't normally trade too much aren't the falcons right in that area too aren't they like 44 yeah you remember we had that trade with the ravens that went wrong or whatever like the facts didn't go through or like pace had agreed to the trade and then um <laughs> i don't remember pulled that. out at the last minute and maybe it wasn't pace maybe it was emory or even angelo but something went wrong with the baltimore trade but they, they'll trade up when they see a guy um are the Fal- the falcons are at 43 and they also have yeah, they don't really have a third that would kind of match. I mean, they have 82, but that's worth 180 points. So you're looking at five, six, 650 versus our 510. So we definitely have to throw in probably our fifth or maybe a future to get, to or get the, their second and a third. To get their second and a third, correct. Yeah, right. so we'd almost be trading back in the third and trading up from the fourth into the fifth. Yeah. Or I think you third. kind of... I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that Saints. Like, kind of moving about 10 spots back is probably the sweet spot of what you would want to do to maximize the talent you would get and also acquire a pick. Um, we'll I mean, see what you, Polls you can do. It, you called it with KC. I mean, KC has 50 and 103, and that, that matches up really well. I mean, right. that, that we could actually get a, another pick out of KC later because we'd still have – a little bit of points if you're just going off of that if you just want to get you know number 50 and then number um 103 just for doing it you could you could easily do that and and be at 48 and 50 and still get a lot of talent i think there's going to be a lot of wide receivers there's going to be some that falls there's going to be some sure. that falls shit man there might be a wide receiver at 71 you know that they like i mean there's a there's an outside chance that christian watson could fall to 71 just because he's a small school guy and you know he's brugler's got him number 10 he's got him as a second third guy i mean those there's going to be somebody who falls what I, it might not be watson i'm just giving an example i think um one of the guys i think like might, George Pickens. stop that joe he's gonna he, he's gonna end up a bear dude i just yeah i, know the, I, I have nine. a feeling if, I, if, I, if the Bears take him like that, like in that range, I'm okay. Great, go for it. I, I do think his upside is humongous. I think either of those yeah. guys you can't go wrong with. Someone made a good point about Christian Watson too. Is like not to dive too far into the prospects here. We'll, we'll do that more in our mock draft. But uh, you know, Christian Watson is more of like a raw athlete type wide receiver. In a kind of rebuilding season with the Bears, it's going to give him that room to grow. Um, you know as he develops into the player he needs to be in the NFL. So it's not like he's, you know, he needs to go out there and dominate right away. Like it's going to give him room on a receiving core where he's going to get opportunities to, to kind of grow with the team, which I think is pretty cool. So uh, there's, I'm sure Ryan is a few guys on his list that says, Hey, if they're there at 30, I'm taking them. And uh, there's always guys who first round. So we'll see who they are. Joe, I know is, I I would not be shocked if Traylon Burks falls pretty far down the first round, if not out of the first round. I could see it. His combine was less than stellar. His tape is just so good, though. But teams love those numbers, man. It takes one team to to take a Christian Watson for the measurables and and let a guy like that slip. And the Bears have brought Burks in for a visit. Yeah, and Watson. If it, if we're you know for calling him out, um, but yeah, uh, Brugler has. 
uh that shit man i'm like words are escaping me now um burks at five and then watson at 10 so i mean yeah definitely two guys you got your boy david bell at 13 no i love david bell oh give me some david bell bro no he's that guy dude dude listen listen I don't care if you think he's Allen Robinson. That's a fine comp. He's not. As long as he's, he's an Allen, as long as he's an Allen Robinson that tries hard, which I, from what I remember in watching him smoke Notre Dame, he tried pretty goddamn hard. So I was just, um, I know this isn't everything, but I was, I was looking into the relative athletic scores of some of these guys, and most of these guys who have had bad combines, they normally what they lack in speed, they make up for in agility. And just David Bell has none of it. He just like Allen Robinson had like a 40 inch vertical leap. Like he could jump through the freaking sky. You know, David Bell has a terrible vertical. He's basically everything. There's nothing from his workout that gives you any kind of hope that he'll be able to separate at the next level or even just break away. I just, I, I, ha- I don't know. I have no faith in David Bell at the next level. Yeah, but he's like a he's a physical force, man. He doesn't drop the goddamn ball. Neither does Pickens. And he's a good and he's a good person. Which yeah. counteracts your your Pickens comment. Slime ball Pickens. 17 100 yard receiving performances in 29 games for your Mr. David Bell. I I will not hop on the David Bell bandwagon. You don't have to, but if they could take him in like the fourth. You I would take Mechie. No, but I'd rather have a Mechie. Yeah, if Mechie's there in the fourth, but that's like probably not. I would take thing. if they traded back to the third and they took a receiver in the second. I would double back and take Mechie in the third if he was still there. No I doubt. Mechie is Mechie is like right in the same range as Watson as far as Brugler's concerned, mm-hmm. and we're we're just using Brugler as the as the yeah. foundation right now. Obviously, he's not the the end all be all, and he's not going to be the the guy. But like, I don't know, man. You got. You got some you got some players out there. Um shit man, the guy I was looking at that has some just phenomenal measurables. He's short, yes, but Sky Moore has got some just ridiculous speed. He's got massive hands. Uh what is Michigan? They have these random that just come out like Corey. What was he? Pick four that that year. Oh, you're cutting out again. Uh Saying Western Michigan just has these random or just randomly show up out of nowhere. I don't even know how they recruit them. With money, I mean, you remember you never seen the Pony Express, man. They they have money. How much would you pay Corey Davis to come to your school, dude? He was in college. Corey Davis at Western Michigan was absurd. Again, though, that's why you don't watch the YouTube highlights. <laughs> I mean, see, I mean, like, like I understand Burks was like a tenth of a second faster than Bell, but their ten yard splits the exact same. I mean, one point five seven for Burks and one point five six for 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 Bell. So I mean, he's not like, I mean, he's not super fast at the top end, but like he's a possession receiver that is strong and has big hand or uh, strong hands. So. I mean, I would have no issue with David Bell at some point in the draft. I mean, probably not in the second. You know, if they, you know, they get to say, like, if they say they trade back or whatever, 
if he gets a 71 and some of these a lot of these wide receivers are still available shit man you could maybe even bank another fifth or whatever and trade back and still get a guy like david bell or um alec pierce who i know a lot of people are falling in love with that's another interesting one uh we'll see the bears are gonna have plenty of good options that's that's what it is and that is good for them at wide receiver o-line is deep as well um they need a cornerback i i think they will address that at some point could that be an early pick i think they could definitely take around two maybe if they, they really like um and then also maybe could you guys see them taking a, another three technique early i know they just signed justin jones to a few years could you see them if winfrey from oklahoma who's kind of Taylor made for this defense probably uh, one of the better three techs in this class. Could you see them taking him early in the draft? Was define early, like second? Like second round, yeah. That's one of their first picks. Not unless they're trading back and getting somebody else at 48 and 50. Like maybe, maybe, but I, I, I don't see it, no. I think they, they could address three tech later in the draft, but I don't, I mean, and I know it's not a super deep draft for, for defensive linemen per Joe DeLeon, but um, I don't see it. My, especially with, like they have some guys like Blackson can play three um, and they signed Jones. So I don't see it, but it's possible. Um Corner is probably a, a, the position on defense I could see them taking a look at in the, in the second, third round. But, yeah, that's just me. What What do you know about DeMarvin Leal at A&M? He's another solid guy that could probably fall a little bit. Um, he's yeah. probably in that range that Chris is talking about. If you trade back, he might be someone they like. I don't think he's as good as Winfrey, though. I think Winfrey, if Perry on Winfrey's there. Who's arguably a probably fringe first round pick, maybe. Um, you know, the Bears would probably consider taking him, but I don't know. Like we said, the way that free agency went, I think they kind of just have to go low defense here. Um, I think what I, I like their plan of attack just because I think in the NFL, it's almost like your defense just needs to be just good enough to get by and your offense needs to be great. So. Um, I won't be mad if they pass up on some defensive players to just load up on offense. You know, like I said, this is kind of the time I I want to see them spoil fields with a wealth of riches um, and Man, go Win- from there. Winfrey's, Winfrey's got some awesome measurables. Guys, he's, massive, dude, he's, he's a massive human being. 30, he's 35 and a quarter inch arms, pretty much the longest in the class. Uh, Ten and a half inch arms. legs are long. Yeah, he does. 80, 84 and three quarter inch wingspan. That is, that is. Did you ever see a man? Did you ever see a picture of him online, dude? He looks like crazy scary. Well, with a name like Perion, you better be scary. People probably make fun of him a lot. Perion, Perrier. Anyway, Don Perion. Don Perion. Yeah, he's a. Um, uh, he's definitely everything that uh. You you would want, want more. For uh, the Eberflus D, everything you ever want. You like the, you like the Eberflus D, Lucas. Eberflus. <laughs> so uh, Eric Johnson from Missouri State, you know, is yeah, a round baby. guy. You like him? 
I didn't know of him until he visited, and then I started reading about him, and apparently he just, like, murdered people at the Senior Bowl, and I was like, oh, okay. Seems like he kind of fits the MO of what Eberflus does, finds these no-name guys, and just, they're hungry to play from no-name university, and, uh, yeah. I'm a fan of murderers on the defensive side of the football. Just want to go on record. He was a no. He was a no star defensive end recruit out of high school, Joe. Five foot nothing, hundred and nothing. He's definitely not any of those things. He is six. Okay, he's, he's a he's a six, big boy. Four, three hundred. Um, he was born the year I graduated. That's just gross. <laughs> uh, he's a five year starter. Chris, while while you're looking at that list, do you want to rattle off the names you're looking at of who visited the Bears so far, and then uh, sure, we'll we'll dive into some draft talk, more draft talk next week. About an hour into it now, on the Believe in Monsters podcast, follow us on Twitter at bim underscore pod. Chris Krogman, who do you got? Who do you got? Who do you got? So they had Mr. Brian Asamoa, linebacker from Oklahoma. That was a private workout. Uh, Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. Oh, shit, where are this stupid ads? Uh, that was at the Combine. Oh, so this does do both. They had Kirby Joseph, safety from Illinois. He's a local guy, so that's a private workout. Vedarian Lowe, offensive tackle from Illinois. That was at the Combine. Combine. Chris Ola Dukun, quarterback, South Dakota State, private workout. That's interesting. Asezi Otomeo. I probably butchered that. Atameo, defensive end from Minnesota, private workout. Khalil Shakir, wide receiver, Boise State. I, was I love him. Earlier. I love him in a uh, in mid-round pick. Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. And then this is the most interesting one for me, is Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty. I was at the Combine. So they didn't really well, they, go out of their way to talk in, to him. They brought in some more guys the past few days, too. That's the only ones listed uh, on the side I'm on. I was trying to find some more. I know they, um, yesterday they talked to uh, Thornton, the speedster from Baylor, who almost set the combine record. Uh, mm-hmm, he didn't mm-hmm. actually set the combine record until the official time came out, and he was just a few milliseconds off. Um, and they met up with someone else as well. The name is blanking me right now. Internet is being slow. Uh, okay, so cool. Awesome. Chig Okunwo from tight end from Maryland. Oh, Kenyon that's Green, offensive lineman from Texas A&M. That is Good a guy boy. who's a potential first-round pick, but if the first round falls the way we would like it to, he could fall out of the first round, and that would be a for the Bears. Um, Tyquan Thornton mentioned out of Baylor. Uh, Jalen Nellor. Wide receiver from Michigan State. Uh, Daniel Hardy from Montana State. He's an edge. Uh, Eric Johnson from Missouri State. The boy we just mentioned. The man we just mentioned. He's not a boy anymore. He's a man. Five-year starter. Oh, they met with another quarterback, too, from South Dakota State. That's what I said. You were listening? What's his name? Old Something. Something. Something else, yeah. All right. Well, the Bears met with two keys and multiple wide receivers. 
Uh, wide receivers kind of fit the same mold that they're bringing into House Hall. All these guys can absolutely fly. Um, and that's what Pulse told us he wanted. So we'll see. I expect the Bears to get speed, really fast guys. Um, I think, uh, you know, if the Bears do stay put at 39, Christian, Walk, Christian Watson or George Pickens both fit that mold, both ran very fast 40s. And uh, we'll see. I don't know. Joe, finish us off here. Well, I'm excited about the draft. It's coming up soon. We'll have another episode for, uh, to go over a lot of these prospects as we get a little closer. And a surprise. Uh, Draft is what, uh, 21st or 28th? So 28th. 28th. Yeah. So we have about two, we have two, two, more, two more weeks here to, to uh, break we it have, down. We have two mock drafts. We have a 1.0 and a 2.0. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, honestly, uh, my, my, I'll, I'll, I'll close it off just with a thought. I, I really like what Ryan Poles has, has done in his initial, uh, his initial time as general manager. I know that uh, everybody wants to, you know, go sign the big free agent and, and have fun and get excited about next year. But I meant what I said earlier. I think it's time for the Bears as a franchise to pay the price of trying to go for it uh, over the last three, four, five years and not, not really pulling that off. Well, there's a price to pay, and I think it's time time that we pay that and let Poles go ahead and get that all out of the way and and, and set his own culture and set his own kind of agenda with Eberflus. And I'm looking forward to seeing what ha- what happens. So uh, that's not uh, you, you ready to sing, Lucas? I, I want to know what Chris's concluding thoughts were. Okay, all right, all right. Well, let's, let's, let's hear Chris's concluding thoughts because I'm sure that are probably – he's going to put them more eloquently than I do. You said it well, Joe. I'm, I, I do like what Poles is doing. I'm excited for this developmental staff to take over the, the reins of, of bringing in some of the talent that I think Poles is going to find. I'm curious to see what Poles is going to do in the later rounds. You know, uh, we got a lot of a lot of – holes for poles to fill and uh definitely need to do that so if that's the eloquence you were looking for from me ain't happening tonight my friends um so let's uh let's fill some holes with poles lucas take us home friend sing it up uh well before i I did sing i just wanted to take a uh a solemn moment to say rest in peace to Dwayne haskins uh, you know what oh, happened what oh. happened last week was absolutely horrendously awful and tragic obviously and uh you know it's just you know you never know when you know you never know when your last moments could be you know Haskins was a he's younger than me i mean it's just it's crazy down there training with Mitch and all them guys and next thing you know this this happens it's just terrible and um you know wish the best for his family and his wife I don't know if he had a kid or not, but, um, you know, just thoughts with their family. And, uh, you know, it's these guys are more than just athletes. We all have to remember that. Definitely super sad. Um, you know, Chase Claypool seemed very broken up about it. And what a tragic accident to run out of gas and then go to get it and get hit by by a, a large truck it was very very scary very sad for his family his his parents and siblings and and whatnot so 
prayers up to uh to the haskins family and uh way to uh end on such a positive note there like this we really appreciate i'm you. sorry i had to say it man we should have we should have opened with that we're terrible hosts we 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 we're sorry sealer nation um lucas and i both have ties to steel nation you know whether that's a good bad or indifferent uh we do <laughs> we do love our our family members that that love the steelers so it is it is a sad thing and i was actually it's interesting ties to the steelers right with uh having mitch go there but um I was kind of curious to hoping Dwayne Haskins got a shot at one point with them, you know, being the heir to, um, to Ben Roethlisberger, but sadly won't we'll have that opportunity. Sing us the song, Joseph. Bear down Chicago bears, make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down Chicago bears, Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear, Bear down. down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.